Welcome to Wallace Books and the Jello Wars podcast. I'm your host, Bob Wallace. Whoever thought that children with cancer would be the ones to lift us from our existential funk? Their wisdom, simple and personal, yet profound and universal, helps us circumnavigate these perplexing times. And fortunately, you don't have to walk in their hospital slippers to benefit. Wallace Books presents Jello Wars and Other Battles with Childhood Cancer. It's a book, it's a podcast, and it's life changing. Because the kids have much to teach, and we, the healthy, have much to learn. Thanks for showing up. Here in outer space, we enjoy hundreds of thousands of space miles and a metric buttload of elbow room. Black holes? Not that big a deal. But an exploding nebula? Now that's a sight. We watch the Earth rise and set, along with 400 million other stars and planets. It's quite a view. Well, it used to be. Recent years have brought a proliferation of space junk to our galaxy. Governments and private entities discarding waste indiscriminately is like Grandpa Lester throwing his PBRs out the window of the Buick in the 1970s without a moment's thought of the generations to follow. Have we learned nothing? Strike that. We've clearly learned nothing. We have discarded capsules, used booster rockets, and come on, is that a Tesla? The hallmark of a ruined planet is that to save it, you'll ruin another and another, and another. When Earth boys bring milkshakes to the yard, please deposit your cup in the proper receptacle. You want to earn the respect of alien life forms? Start by picking up after yourself. Show some responsibility. Don't be an ass. This ad brought to you by Ixnay with the Unkjay Sole. Welcome back. Each summer at camp, we develop classes for our campers. There are the tried-and-true camp standards, like archery, friendship bracelets, hiking, outdoor games, fishing, and arts and crafts. And there are the less traditional choices, like Mad Scientist, Duct Tape, Highland Games, Mao, Flash Mob, and Bohemian Rhapsody. And then there are the just plain weird classes, like Pollo Fundido, Stuffed Animal Taxidermy, Zombies, and Extreme Arts and Crafts Part Deuce. Let's stick with the weird. After all, it's what we excel at. Sit back, open a can of Spam, and enjoy Jello Wars. Spam when I passed my class idea on to our camp director, M, she seemed a bit confused. Spam? she asked. Yes, I said. Spam. So it's a cooking class? Of course not, I assured her. That'd be begging for a dining hall mutiny. We'll explore the other uses of spam. 
M took a good long pause and gave me that same look my dog does when I show him a card trick. She let out an audible sigh and said, Whatever. That having gone well, I just needed to figure out what one teaches in a spam class. On the first day of camp, we present our classes to the campers, often by demonstration, and then the kids choose which classes they want to sign up for. Counselor Steve, a true spam aficionado, and I stood behind the bright yellow and blue prototype spam launcher, expounding on the many virtues of spam. Soon enough, Kyle pointed to the launcher and asked, What's that thing? This thing, I said. This is a scientific instrument to assist in studying the aerodynamic properties of mechanically separated meat products. It's a spamapult, Steve clarified. Would you like to see how it works? They did. See those girls over there? I pointed to the yoga class, diagonally across the lodge from us. Let's pretend they're evil yoga monsters from the planet Limber. We loaded a small cube of spam into the palm of the back-scratcher-come-catapult lever, cleared the immediate area, and pulled the pin. The thick rubber bands went thwap, and the pink mortar launched skyward, making a beautiful arc through the heavens of the lodge. Fortunately for the unsuspecting yogis, the questionable meat product hit a crossbeam in the ceiling and fell to the floor. No worries. We reloaded, recalculated the trajectory angle, and repeated the procedure. This time, success. I wouldn't go so far as to say we were popular with the gang from Planet Limber, but the popularity of spam class skyrocketed and we had to cut the enrollment at 25 kids. The week-long class began with a history lesson. Spam has been around since 1937. Its popularity took off during World War II. More than 8 billion cans have been sold. Spam's available in 44 countries around the world. An intact can of Spam was found at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, the deepest place on Earth. And Spam remains so popular in Hawaii that they host an annual Spam Jam. Fun facts out of the way. Dylan had a question. What is Spam? he asked. I mean, what's it actually made of? Side note. Allegedly, it's pure pork shoulder and ham. Additional side note. Wait, what? I thought pork was ham. Steve and I exchanged sideways glances. The first day of class and were already stumped. We chose to divert the topic. What flavor of Spam do you think flies the best? We asked. After much discussion, we concluded that significant research would be needed. We hosted a Spam Easter egg hunt, where we hid a specially marked can of Spam somewhere around the camp property. The campers had to find it. Returning the can to Steve or myself meant you collected a fabulous prize. Or a handful of sweet tarts, whichever we had on us. This went on all week. Of course, we learned the Spam song from Monty Python's Flying Circus. You know the one. Spam, 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 spam. Unfortunately, this also went on all week. In the United States, we adhere to the awkward imperial system of inches, feet, and yards, while most countries use the more sensible metric system. 
It's a lesser-known fact that certain other countries use spam as their unit of measurement. Side note, I've never seen research proving this false, so we're going with it. We each guessed our own height in spam cans, and then the height of Counselor Jim. Everyone knows Jim is a big guy, but 87 spam cans tall? I don't know. We concluded our classmates ranged in height from 17 cans to 23 cans. And Jim? He came in just 62 cans shy of the projection. Want some other calculated measurements? The milk machine is 12 cans of Spam tall. The Eiffel Tower, 3,739 cans of Spam tall. The Grand Canyon is 23,153 cans of Spam deep. Mount Everest is 110,310 cans of spam above sea level. The moon is 4,793,289,600 cans of spam away from Earth. And who would have thought a can of spam is exactly one can of spam tall? Thanks to the generosity of Hormel Meatpacking in Austin, Minnesota, we had ample amounts of spam. Hormel actually loved our class idea. I'd contacted them in hopes that they might provide a few coupons to help our class, but they actually shipped cases and cases of Spam right to my front door. We made Spam Towers, the record being 35 cans high. We had a Spam Toss, which is like an egg toss, only meatier. And we carved Spam into amazing pieces of meat art rivaling Michelangelo. These included a pig, a race car, and surprising enough, Counselor Jim. Side note, if by now you're questioning the learning aspects of spam, I'd like to point out that, like Native Americans on buffalo hunts, we acknowledged the sacredness of spam and used every part of the beast. To demonstrate this, the class collected all the random chunks and shavings of spam and placed them into Ziploc baggies, along with notes explaining, you've been spammed, and mystery meat for your feet. These baggies found their way into the feet of many a camper, counselor, and director's sleeping bag. It was a valuable lesson for the kids, and provided good feelings, knowing we'd wasted nothing. Next came the beautiful replica of Kukateka de Waka, the angry volcano. Once completed, and with the assistance of vinegar and baking soda, it erupted on cue, flowing red lava down its pink meat sides. The volcano was fun but didn't have the ooh factor that we'd hoped for. Through the kids' resourcefulness and the use of more lava forced through a smaller hole, we were able to escalate that spew to heights of eight feet. Now that's a volcano. Oddly, some people actually eat spam. I kid you not. To explore this odd culinary use of spam, we took to the kitchen, where M taught us to make spam musubi. It's like a sushi roll, except cooked, and not fish. And not really like a sushi roll at all. But it's a Hawaiian favorite and can even be ordered at McDonald's on the islands. We also took the opportunity to make Spam cupcakes with blue-tinted mashed potato frosting. They tasted exactly as you'd think. Not that any of us tried them. Instead, through the use of trickery and shenanigans, two things the kids definitely excel at, we put them out for unsuspecting campers during afternoon snack time. We also learned about covert operations of spam warfare. For example, pay a visit to a fresh-smelling cabin, 
That would be Club Med Shed or the director's cabin, as no other cabin could be described as fresh-smelling. Pop a top on a can of Spam, slide it under one of the bunks, and exit promptly. Moments later, the fresh smell magically transforms into a meaty bouquet that could only be described as nothing other than Spam-like. Mission accomplished. And let's not forget our Spamapult. It was a daily feature of class, and our sharpshooters became quite adept at aiming their pink mortars. As for the question over which flavor flies best, we're still debating the topic. Outside of learning of its many virtues at oncology camp, some of you may wonder just what spam and cancer have in common. My answer? Not much. And everything. Canned meat products, like most things in life, shouldn't be taken too seriously. This the kids taught me. I mean, face it, spam is funny. It's square, literally and figuratively. And what kind of animal is a spam, anyway? Have you ever witnessed a perfectly rectangular pink critter out in the wild? Not even on the Nature Channel. And as long as we're on the topic... What is that weird, slimy stuff around the meat? You know, the stuff that makes the distinctive glug-glug-glug sound when you shake the meat out of the can? I'm telling you, spam is funny. Unless you're another spam animal, Tim points out. Good point, Tim. I stand corrected. Okay, so spam animals notwithstanding, it's possible you find spam funny? unfunny, or even ugly, depending on your point of view. It's the same with cancer. Cancer can certainly be unfunny and ugly. No one will argue that. Cancer's one of the greatest struggles a child can go through. It's a matter of life and death, and many people feel they can't, or shouldn't, joke and laugh around someone with the illness. But I know hundreds of kids who disagree. They'll tell you it's how you deal with a bad situation that can make it funny, even hilarious. You'll see. The Jello Wars podcast wants to offer up a big thank you to Hormel Meatpacking in Austin, Minnesota. Thanks for having a great sense of humor. And thanks for the spam. Thanks for tuning in to Wallace Books and the Jello Wars podcast. The kids of Arizona Camp Sunrise have been my greatest mentors, and they're here to assist you, too. You can find additional episodes of the podcast and more about the book, Jello Wars, and other battles with childhood cancer at wallacebooks.com. That's W-A-L-L-A-S-S books.com. Just go to the website or search Wallace Books wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe and like. You can learn more about Arizona Camp Sunrise at azcampsunrise.org. Podcast theme music by M-Dub Music. Sound effects from Sonic Boom. Keep listening to Wallace Books' Jello Wars podcast and let the kids change your life for the better. See you down the road.